morning. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. Uh, I am Ann Ortley. Uh, this is the weekly weather for October 23rd to the 30th. And what we say about this is the eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. Uh, we are in the midst of Pluto stationing last week, Saturn stationing this week, an eclipse on Tuesday, and lots of faded events have been happening this last week and will happen next week and a couple more weeks in because we're in eclipse season which aligns us with the nodes of fate. The eclipses happen when the sun and the moon get the sun gets within 15 degrees of the nodes of fate. And when the moon meets up with him, the sun, we have an eclipse. So we have one on Tuesday and then we have one on election day, November 8th. So it's exciting. And there's all this other stuff going on in the heavens on top of that. As you might have noticed, because your life's been a little crazy, the world's been a little crazy, and uh, as my good friend um, Sarah said, we can either go through it or grow through it. Now, I received a lovely call this week from someone saying, Anne, Anne, too many politics, too many politics. Just give me the weekly weather. So... Um, I called her back and I said, oh, thank, you for, thank you for the feedback. So I'm going to do the politics at the end of the show. But I'm just going to say this because, you know, I'm Aquarius rising and I have to say something. Novelist and war correspondent Martha Gellhorn wrote, People often say, with pride, I am not interested in politics. They might as well say I'm not interested in my standard of living, my health, uh, my job, my rights, my freedoms, my future or any future. If we mean to keep control over our world and our lives, we must be interested in politics. So you'll get it at the end, because I know last week I went on a little long. Very impassioned. And I do promise once we get through the eclipse season, the politics will down. But they'll be back in 2024. So forward we go into the week. Um, all right. We can go through it, or we can grow through it. That's your motto for the week. Thank you, Sarah. All right, so first up, yesterday, we had the Sun-Venus opposition, and I do encourage you to go listen to Chris Brennan's and Ariel Gutman, A-R-I-E-L-L-E, Gutman, G-U-T-T-M-A-N, lecture on the Astrology Podcast. Chris interviewed Ariel uh, in the last week or so, and... Um, She's talking about this conjunction. So this is the first time the conjunctions happened in air since 1771, back when we were having our Pluto return for the country, right? So it's an important shift. Uh, when the, For the last 100 years, since the 1920s, the uh, Venus star point has been in Scorpio. And one of the things that Ariel said was that's when cars started. Uh, you know, they were invented in the early 1900s. I know it feels hard to believe. And we migrated from Sagittarian, which is horses, and steam engines, train, fire, you know, fire-driven things. Um, remember, they used to have those images of them throwing the coal in the, in, in the train engine when it went along, right? Running, running on fuel. To oil. Oil, of course, is Scorpio. Uh, and it's made from dead dinosaurs. And it's made, if you look at where all the oil fields are, and other things that are dead too, when you look at where the oil fields are, they're always at the end of rivers, right? You know, in the, in the bay there, uh, where the river dumped. So there's a lot of silt. Oil is made from decayed matter, Scorpio matter. 
So now we're shifting into air after 100 years in Scorpio, 1920s. So it's a big shift. But more importantly, Scorpio is a me sign. It's what about me? What about mine? What's my money? What are you going to, how do you value me? Into Libra, which is we, we, we. Hello, hello. How are we working together? How are we partnering together? What are we doing? So this, every time a Venus-Sun conjunction Kazemi happens, which they happen every nine and a half months, we shift focus and we start a new eight-year Venusian cycle. So it's a big deal and we're shifting and this conjunction happens to take place if you're old enough like I am and you lived in November of 82-83 this Venus conjunction activates that Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened then and remember the Saturn-Pluto then was the AIDS epidemic the Saturn-Pluto that we had two years ago was COVID epidemic so this is basically saying we're ready to grow, we're ready to bloom. And we've been talking about it, you know, we started this new 20-year cycle, the Saturn-Pluto started a 40-year cycle, 36, I think it's 36 years. So the chart is initiating, but it is a Libran energy. It partners, it relates, it connects. On the day of the conjunction, you notice here, I forget to, forget to turn on my little pointer, you notice here we have Saturn stationing, see the S, and we have Juno stationing. Juno is the planet of partnership. Both of them are stationing to go direct. Juno is on a world point, meaning it's prominent known, and Jupiter in Aries is on a world point. So in the news, we had Tom Brady saying, I'm not retiring at all. All right, well, that's a problem with your wife. Juno stationing, Saturn stationing direct. So we're looking at understanding this as a big, juicy new energy. And with the Jupiter on a world point, we're initiating a story. Now, we thought of initiating it last spring in May, and then we got distracted, and now Jupiter's going to go back into Pisces this week, kind of clean up some mess, and then go forward December 21st. But for this Sun-Venus conjunction, he's saying, think back on your early relationship stories. What do you want to do about them? We've also had the Saturn and Uranus squaring each other, last year, February, or January, February, June, December, which was the fixed people, the cardinal people change first, then the mutable people change in June, and the fixed people are dragged kicking and screaming into the change. But now Saturn and um, Uranus have been chatting with each other this last two months, and they've been looking at how you have to change your life. When Saturn stops and says to Uranus, great, I'm out of here, catch you later, he's off. He's out of here and running. Now, this has been a particularly changeable time for the babies that were born in 89, 90, 91 with the, um, you know, that were having their Saturn return uh, with the Saturn in Capricorn and also for the Saturn in Aquarius babies um, when they had Neptune there. So for you guys, finally you're getting a break, so that's good. But we also see this as the habits, are you changing your habits or not? And as I stop, Saturn stops and he says, I'm, I've done as much as I can. Now it's up to you, Uranus, to change. And remember, Uranus is still going backwards for a few more months, but he knows what he has to do. But as we start this new eight-year cycle with the Venus-Sun conjunction, if you were alive in 82-83, think back to them because it's going to activate that sensitive point of the Saturn Pluto conjunction, but it also is going to be saying, hey, what's the next eight years? 
where are we growing, where are we going. And this is a really important time. Take time to seed it. We're having it right next to a new moon in Scorpio on the node of fate. It's a south node. Uh, conjunction, a south node eclipse. So what south node eclipses do is they act kind of like squids. They shoot ink out the back of their butt and they fly forward. So as you're shooting stuff out of the back of your life, you're going to fly forward because it's an energy of releasing, <clears throat> but releasing to go towards the new connection, the new thing you love, the new thing you want to build. Remember, this Sun Venus has recently left its square with Pluto, uh, which was also pointing out the role of triangles, power dynamics, and how they work in your life. So it's an important time. Mars is here in Gemini, forming a grand trine in air with Saturn, Mars, and this Mercury, Sun, Venus. So there's a lot of activities invested too. A lot of activities about our direction, our ideas, you know, and remember everything always starts with an idea and then you have a vision and then you have emotion and then you have earth and you manifest. So it's a big new eight-year cycle starting. It's got a lot of stuff in it. Um, I did a whole podcast on it on the new moon eclipse, so feel free to buy that. I take you through the Venus star point, her condition, how she works, what she does, and then I also do the new moon eclipse, which is on Tuesday. Also happening today, Sunday, Venus enters Scorpio. She's been in Libra. She enters Scorpio. She'll be there for 20-some-odd days, and she leaves mid-month in November. Um, And when she enters Scorpio, she gets a little more passionate, a little more intense, a little more focused. And, of course, we shift from air, where she's all nicey-nice, into Mars, ruled where she's answering to Mars and Gemini. So she's going to be exploring her choices as she shifts into Scorpio. And when she shifts, you really do feel it's going from air into water. Think about on a hot summer's day when you dive into the pool, right? It just completely changes your reality. Your body hits that water and you go, oh, wow, from the air. You know, so air is like ideas, but now we're immersing in fluid and waking up and feeling it and because mars is in gemini slowing down but also part of a grand trine in air venus is diving in the water to take off and do things she does have an adjusting aspect to jupiter um it's called a quincunx and quincunxes are not often easy because the two planets are in different signs and they're trying to figure out what to do so jupiter and aries says hey you know let's just go do it Venus and Scorpio goes, I think we need to talk some things through before we go do it. So that's that energy of that conjunction, or that quincunx, which is very strong in the heavens. Um, especially because Venus comes and whacks Jupiter. Eh, you know and it, you know what happens when slap, slap. It's funny because when I was prepping this, there was something about Sidney Poitier in the heat of the night. And there's a great scene in that movie where the, the guy who's being considered as the murderer, slaps Sydney. This was filmed in the South a long time ago in the 1950s. Sydney slaps him back. And that was a very shocking scene in the movie. Um, and then the guy says to him, you know, I could have you killed or I could have you shot right now. And Sydney like walks out of the room. And the, the police officer kind of walks out of the room too. So it's a great scene. That's it. But imagine, uh, or imagine a woman slap. You know, I'm done. It's a slap energy. Uh, So you might feel like you get a little slapped on Sunday. 
right behind that, the Sun enters Scorpio on Sunday, and now they're both there. And of course, the Sun is also going to form a quincunx. So when the sh when the when the guy turns to the sheriff and goes, "Did you see that?" and the sheriff goes, "I saw it." <laughs> That's the Scorpio energy. And the sheriff pivoted. And they get out in the car and he goes, what were you doing? He's like, I hate that guy. I mean, it's a very good scene. and It's out there, so Google it. In the heat of the night, Sidney Poitier slapping the guy. After the guy slapped him. So this is a energy, right? So just know we're in the eclipses and there's this kind of energy. So you want to be like, okay, got it. Do I want to get slapped? Not necessarily. Uh, how do I work with this? and emotionally changing. Also on Sunday, big day, this is a big day, Saturn stationing to turn direct. Now he entered his retrograde shadow in January. He stationed back, he's in air, when we, so we know he stationed back when, when the planets were, when the sun was in air, in May, uh, May, May, uh, May time frame, May, early June, and now he's going back, he's going direct, which means he's now gonna retrace his steps from February, clean up that story, and get it out in the world. So it's a nice aspect, and notice it's down at the bottom. It's a foundational aspect for us in terms of our direction and where we're going. It also has, for the midheaven, it's on a world point. So now we see Juno on a world point, Jupiter on a world point, the midheaven on a world point, and the nodes angular. This is very important for who you're keeping in your life, who you're not, and then there's this. <gasps> now back last week on Sunday, we had Pluto station direct. This Sunday, we have Saturn station direct. So the two of them, when they station, five days before, five days after. So the five days, this middle of this week, there's only seven days, five days in the middle of this week were very intense because there's a lot of emotional processing, but both of them were stopped. And when we, f we find when Saturn and Pluto both stop with near each other, in, in the sense of energetically in the heavens, we go, Whoa, shift and change, Pluto, take a deep dive. Saturn, okay, now go forward. You know, so in my, in my world, uh, one, of the, one of the brilliant people in the astrology community passed away, Kirk Kahn. Everybody was shocked, but also not 100% surprised because he's had a difficult time the last few years. But it was this, like, wow, you know. And then at the same time, I had friends in from uh, Mexico and Amsterdam and I went out, went out for dinner with my one of my favorite people in the New York astrology community, Shirley, uh, Shirley Sofer. And she said, you know, I'm 88 and a half and all my friends are dead. You know, like her contemporary peers. And I thought, okay, we have Kurt leaving early. He was born in 84. And we have Shirley, 88 and a half, kind of hanging out. Going, and we were like, well, we're your friends. She goes, I know, but like, like her peers, right? So I was very aware of the juxtaposition of the two uh, lives and the two stories. So wherever, whatever was pointed out to you around choices and process, and Shirley's very vital. I mean, she's this kick-ass little Aries, Pisces mix. Um, and Kurt, Kurt was Pisces. And so there's an energy, uh, and he, he had Mercury in Aries. So they kind of energetically reminded me of each other, even though they were very different people. And, uh, you know, so that was, for me was kind of an aha moment. And you think about where the aha moment was for you, the contrast this week. Remember, Mars is in Gemini. It's two things. So Carly Simon lost two sisters this week. And I was a big Carly Simon fan, but, and she's, you know, Simon of Simon and Schuster. But 
the Gemini there, Mars and Gemini, kind of the comparison of, oh, oh, that shifted, that shift, that changed. So it's very much the universe is showing us contrasts and inviting us to understand them on a deeper level. Additionally, Juno turns direct. Now, she's a little different. She went retrograde in Cancer time, uh, and she's on a world point. Uh, she's a little the girl down here at the bottom of the chart, uh, and she's all about partnership and relationships. So she's having you look at your relationships, figure out where they are, figure out what you want to do about them, and where you're going with them. And um, she's quincunx the moon when she turns direct in Libra, which is a lot about our relationships. Now, moon is in a balsamic phase approach, meaning a closing, you know, it's coming in for a landing for the new moon on Tuesday. So you're going to watch your relationships on Sunday because the moon is also opposite the Jupiter, encouraging us to think about them, but it's also quincunx, the Juno stopped, where we're going to be going, these are my, these are my people, or you may be going, these aren't my people. And either one is right, because what we're doing is we're laying the path. Remember when the eclipses happen, when the node comes to the sun, it says to the sun, are you on the right path? And, you know, the sun often thinks it is. <laughs> I'm on the right path, I'm fine. And the node goes, no, you're not on the right path. you got to change this up. So that energy is this week. Or I think this needs to be adjusted. And, and just be comfortable. This is a new moon. So what eclipses happen is that sometimes they're the full moon, so we're emotional. And then the new moon and we change it. Other times there's the new moon. And so we see it. And then full moon, we change it. So the ones that we had in spring were emotional, make the change. The one we're having now is see it, understand it, make the change, and then everybody's going to be emotional on the full moon eclipse, which actually happens on election day. You know, you kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm really keeping the politics out, but it's hard. So this energy is like, okay, what's the vision? Where are we going, right? Um, on Tuesday, we have the partial eclipse. And uh, the energy for this is tight and intense. Mercury is on a world point, 22 and a half of the cardinal, right on the angles. That makes this be a big deal for here in the United States. We also see the Sun, Moon, and Venus all at two, all at two Scorpio, initiating a story. Think back to November of 2003, and if you're old enough, November of 1984, because this is the last time these guys met at this degree. Now they're meeting at this degree under an eclipse, so they're really initiating, showing you things, and they're in the first house for the chart cast for Washington, Put it in your own chart and see where it is. In my case, this eclipse is in my eighth house. So I'm very aware of the death and the endings in my life um, because I'm having an eclipse illuminating them. And of course, back in 82, that Saturn-Pluto conjunction took place in my eighth house, and that's when uh, my mother got diagnosed with cancer and died five months later. So I know this one's a big one for me. And then this one is focusing on the eighth house matters where I'm comparing Shirley and Kurt and kind of going, you know, the time on Earth is short, what am I going to do with it? It's very much, you can see down here, an air and water eclipse. So it's a lot of ideas and also a lot of emotion. So recognize the emotions are in there pretty strong. We still have that lovely grand trine in air, but now it's angular. Now we're going to be talking about it. Now we're going to be seeing it. Now we're going to be working with it. And so that energy of understanding and figuring things out and how we work with them. We also have Mercury in a quincunx to Neptune, 
going back to April 12th when Neptune and Jupiter met uh, and they said here's a new 13-year emotional creative cycle for more on that I have an, I did a lecture on the Neptune Jupiter conjunction that's available for you to read purchase and listen to. We also see here the Mercury on a world point trying to the Mars here, you know, what kind of action do I want to take? And we know Mars has gone past Neptune. Now Mars has passed Neptune for the first of three passes. So whatever you saw and you went, oh wow, whatever the Gemini in energy was, Carly Simon's two sisters dying within a day of each other, uh, one from thyroid, one from breath. Like I said, this this new moon's in my eighth house. I'm paying attention to death. Um, whatever you're paying attention to in your chart, you know, kind of watch. But that Mars-Neptune square kind of launches us in a new direction, right? So there's a, there's a very strong energy of creation going on here. But we also have a quincunx between Mars and Gemini and Pluto. Now that quincunx is not getting resolved until March. So this is kind of the underlying stress that you're feeling. A lot of people are reporting anxiety or feeling like they're living in this little like what do I do? Mars and Sat Mars and Pluto are quincunx for months. Well, right now they're really quincunx, and then they'll be quincunx two more times. So recognizing that and saying, okay, I'm I'm in a state of anxiety, but the anxiety is encouraging me to change. The other thing is anxiety and excitement feel the same in the body. So a lot of times when people report anxiety, it'll show in the chart that it's really not anxiety, it's really anticipation and excitement. And I mean, sometimes it's anxiety. I'm not, not dismissing that. But it does bodily feel the same. And Virgo planets, which are quincunxes, interesting. It's the Aries to Virgo axis as a quincunx. Virgo planets are prone to anxiety, but there's an anxious aspect in the sky till next March. So you, you feel it and you know if I make an adjustment or I take a change or I do something, it'll make me feel better. And remember with anxiety, if we ignore it and we just don't do stuff because we're anxious, it gets bigger. It gets bigger and bolder and stronger. So you want to make sure you take action to get it. And I have a friend who's, you know, I talk to fairly frequently. She's I'm so anxious. I'm like, I know, I know you're anxious. <laughs> but we have to remember the way we deal with anxiety is we take action. That that makes it go. We don't we don't deal with it. The anxiety gets bigger the next to happen the next time. I'm a Virgo. I know about anxiety. Um, and we also have this big old hammer of Thor in the sky. Now hammers of Thor are interesting. This of course is the Eris Pluto square. We just had Kevin Spacey found not guilty of sexually assaulting Anthony Rapp this week in the court. Um, and the Eris Pluto is the Me Too movement. And Anthony said, hey, women, men can be abused too. I was assaulted at age 14 by this guy. Now Kevin still faces a number of cases in England. But the Eris Pluto um, square kind of brings up that hammer and activates the hammer. And that Eris Pluto was Me Too. It also, you know, watch for stuff in the news about Me Too. I believe Harvey Weinstein's having his trial now, too. Um, but this is that, that juxtaposition. Now, we also see angry women, right? We see Pluto power and control. And remember, the Pluto return for the United States is the... Old white guy, again, I have nothing against old white guys, I date them, right? <laughs> Is the old white guys that uh, owned land and owned people. Quincunx, Ceres and Virgo. Ceres is mothering, 
Virgo is creation. So you see the abortion debate right there in the sky, see? Angry women, don't you tell me how to control my body. Pluto trying to control your body. And Ceres over here saying, huh, underlying it, underlying it is this, I want my own, I want my own sovereignty. And remember, Virgo is a sovereign sign. It's called the Virgin. But really what that means is the woman under themselves, right? Uh, and in the temple, in the old days, when they kept the temples, they were the Vestal Virgins and they worked for the goddess. So this is an interesting hammer of Thor on the eclipse day, because it's on the day of the eclipse. Underlying it, underpinning it, kind of underneath. So it also is a hammer of Thor. So if you find yourself swinging a hammer at somebody, or you just, you know, alternatively, someone swings a hammer at you, this is why, because there's a little hammer, in that lovely little eclipse chart, which we did a little story on, there's a hammer. Boom, boom, bang, bang. The hammer of Thor, the eclipse also has moon on Capito. Who's your tribe? It has Mercury on Psyche, understanding the psychological issues. It has Juno on Circe. Circe is a powerful sorcerer. It has Mars opposite Terpsichore, as was pointed out earlier this week, some... Uh, uh, Taylor Swift dropped her, her new Midnight's album and everybody's trying to listen to the songs and trying to figure it out. But also pay attention to music. We never liked the Uranus on Niobe because that means unexpected death of children and Niobe of course mourned her children being killed. Um, and then we have Uranus on Phaeton which indicates a fall from grace. So we had Liz Truss lose her power in England. We're going to see other people fall from grace. Uh, and so that's part of what eclipses do. Eclipses mean to leave. Eclipen. They're leaving. They're going off. They're leaving and, direct, and going in a new direction and doing new things because there's time, you know, there, there's this transformation taking place. Uh, next up, uh, the uh, Arabic parts. This is cast for Washington. The moon is in the path of fire and the sun is in the path of fire. So a very passionate eclipse cycle. Uh, and the path of fire is 15 degrees Libra, 15 degrees Scorpio. Planets in there are very combustible. They burst into fire. And basically, it's, there's a bunch of means fixed stars up there in the heavens. So when planets go through there, they go, <laughs> And, you know, and they do. I was warning you. Uh, the moon and Venus are on the part of servants. So we're going to be hearing about servants. Now, servants are many things. Servants are things like our appliances. They serve us. A lot of times when people have a transit through their sixth house, their, their, their stove dies, their oven dies, their microwave dies. But also we're going to hear about servants in the news with this eclipse. What is your service energy? Because you see the sun and the moon and the Venus are all in the part of servants. We also see a lot of energy around commerce. We see a lot of wounding around marriage. So these are the Arabic parts. Jupiter opposite private enemies, really understanding them. Saturn opposite goods. We now have the Mississippi dry, and Saturn's in an air sign, uh, not enough water, so all the barges are kind of parked along the Mississippi looking for water to go downstream with, affecting the supply chain. As I mentioned, next year, lots of economic adjustments because Pluto's going to leave Capricorn, and when he went into Capricorn in 08, he kicked up a lot of economic problems, a lot of housing issues, the banking collapse. We also have Uranus going into the Capricorn Decan of uh, Taurus, which is dry and drought, and Uranus interrupts the food supply. 
because it's in Taurus. Taurus is food, right? So we know, and we're hearing about, of course, Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe, and they're clearly not growing anything because they're at war. So there's an energy here of drought, uh, you know, and, and so just, you know, you can see that energy and, and how it fits in with this whole evolving theme. Remember, the French Revolution was, well, let them eat bread. And the peasants were starving, and thus it happened. So ours, our American Revolution was for a different reason. But that uh, Sun Venus in Libra, equality, fraternity, and brotherhood, right? That whole, I didn't say that right, the three words that the French Revolution had. And then we were like, taxation without representation. Of course, Scorpio is taxes. So it shifted in the 1770s into Libra. It also was a huge bloom in music, that conjunction that we're working with. Very big, powerful energies this week, people. Enjoy, but just, you know, stay tuned, buttercup. We're <laughs> blasting off. Um, the fixed stars, Spica, which is a marriage and a partnership star on the moon, on the ascendant. Um, Aldebaran is seeing things. Um, there's a lot of interesting energy in the fixed stars. I'm not going to take time to go through it because... I have a lot of stuff to do today, but these are your fixed stars, so look them up and look at the planet next to Google fixed stars, uh, Sukalon on Saturn. What does that mean? And you'll see the story unvolving. We'll be adding more fixed stars into our um, work going into the new year. These are the aspects in the eclipse. Five T-squares, two grand trines, a finger of God, three hammers of Thor, three stelliums, a grand cross, two kites, two rosetta, three rosetta, four rosettas, and a Healy. That's a lot of aspect patterns. That means all those planets are talking to each other in either easy ways or hard ways or challenging ways. And so when we know that, we just know this eclipse is very big. Plus it's on the south node, so it's going to feel like things go things leave or you leave because you're like I you know I need I can't stay here anymore. It's a lot of activity, a lot of action taking place on this eclipse. And again, these are the planets. You've got the recording. You can write them down and look them up and see how they land in your chart. And it's always helpful to take the eclipse chart and lay it against yours. Most importantly, where that the uh, two-degree Scorpio is. In my case, it's right in there, right on my series. My series is one-degree Scorpio. And, of course, I'm, you know, it was the death of my mother. Um, so it... it the 82 conjunction. So I'm very aware of that 8th house stuff, right? And whatever you're going to be aware of is what the eclipse is drawing your eye to. Because remember, the sun goes away and it gets taken over by the moon. The moon goes in front of it and blocks it and there's darkness on the earth's face. And the ancients used to go, hmm. And it marks people leaving. It marks, eclipse means to rise up and also means to, to, to exit because the sun goes away. Very powerful energy. And we feel it everywhere on Earth, but the part of Earth where it's on is the most intense. Next up, Jupiter is going backwards. He's been going backwards for a while. He started going backwards in the time of Cancer. And he is entering Pisces, where he will be until December 21st. So this is at the last degree of the last sign of the Zodiac, right? Think about that. Emotional energy. That's Eric Clapton. That's George George Harrison. My, while my guitar gently weeps, play the music. Uh, Tears from Heaven, you know, that, that um, Eric wrote when his son fell out the window. Um, you know, so it's a very sensitive, emotional space. 
It also reactivates the dream from April 12th, when the Jupiter and the Neptune were both in Pisces, kind of thinking, okay, we're going to go shoot this energy out. We now have Saturn and Juno both moving direct, but we're still feeling their vibe, but that's on Friday. And then we have Mercury entering Scorpio, and of course, when he enters Scorpio, he too forms a quincunx, but he forms a quincunx with Mercury at the last degrees of Libra, uh, quincunxing the uh, Jupiter in Pisces, so it's a shift. So the other two were the Sun and Venus quincunxing Jupiter and Aries. Mercury is going to quincunx from Libra, 29 degrees, to Jupiter at 29 Pisces. But as he goes into Scorpio, we see a focus in a new direction, and the three of them are kind of traveling together. Uh, so there's a triad there, uh, and as that shift happens, there's a an energy of the planets kind of coming together because they're here to accomplish something. You can see in this chart the mystic rectangle there. Mystic rectangles, of course, are how we get things accomplished. Um, this is an earth and water mystic rectangle. <coughs> Excuse me. So it wants to um, wants to accomplish things. And then last but not least, on Sunday, Mars goes retrograde. Uh, and he will be retrograde until the 10th of December, or January, rather. You can see the little S, right? So when we're looking at Mars retrograde, as he stops, and again, we feel it the three or four days before it happens, so we're going to have the Saturn station, the Mars station, and in the middle, the eclipse, right? And the eclipse is in Sor Scorpio, answering to that Mars in Gemini. We have multiple choices. We're deciding what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And so this is the chart for the eclipse. Cast for DC, notice there is no fire. No fire at all. So it can feel very much like I have to I have to have a vision. I don't know that I have a vision, but I'm going to start doing the work and I'm going to do the feelings and then I'm gonna hopefully get a vision. You can see how big that darn water bar is, right? So that water bar is super, super, uh, what's the right word for it? super impassioned but also super sensitive and we also see there's a fixed energy here which means we have a lot of planets in the fixed signs of course Scorpio is fixed so we have planets in Scorpio the nodes are in fixed signs and we also have Saturn and Vesta in fixed signs in Aquarius so there's a lot of fixed energy which is being dissolved softened worked with by the water so think of fixed earth, when you put water on it, when it's dry, right? Your plants are dry or your water's dry in the, your the backyard. Put water on it, softens it up. So this is a good energy for softening it up as Mars stops. But it also, he's stopping and he's saying, I'm not prepared to go forward yet. I will go forward soon. And these are his dates. So he entered Gemini on August 20th. Um, he entered his shadow September 3rd, Labor Day. He's now going retrograde. Uh, this week on October 30th. He goes direct on January 12th and then he leaves his shadow on March 15th. So all the stuff in your Gemini house now goes backwards and the stuff you've been working on since August goes backwards because it needs to be revised, revisited, thought about differently. And if we think of Gemini in the growing season, Gemini is when we plant the plants we figure out how many tomatoes we want and how many zucchini and all that so the energy here is very much about, well, I thought I was going to do it this way, but now I'm feeling maybe I need to do it that way. And that's the, that's the truth. Um, okay, so let's do, the, um, <clears throat> let's do the phases today. So the sun goes uh, from 
zero Scorpio, um, enter Scorpio today, and it goes uh, into, ooh, doo -doo, goes to six Scorpio this week with the eclipse that we're having, uh, activating it. Uh, those are the big aspects for the sun. The eclipse, the quincunx to Jupiter, which we talked about, which is the air and the fire and water, uh, which can spark stuff, or can, water can put fire out. Uh, Mercury goes this week from 19 Libra to 0 Scorpio, so he's going really fast. He goes through 12 degrees of the zodiac. Um, <clears throat> he is going to have a square to Pluto on the 27th, which is going to echo the Sun and Venus's square to Pluto last week, which is a communication energy. He also has a trine to Mars, which is part of that grand trine in air. Now, we were talking about the grand trine with every other planet, but Mercury goes through it, too. And when he goes through that grand trine in air, he picks up the other planet's energies and carries them along. And then, of course, he has a quincunx to Jupiter on the 29th, uh, but it's him in Libra, quincunx Jupiter in the last degrees of Pisces, right before Jupiter shifts and Mercury shifts into Scorpio and Aries, or Pisces, respectively. Uh, shifts from air. Jupiter shifts from Aries into Pisces, and Mercury shifts from air into water, from Libra into Scorpio, but right before they have this quincunx. So it's kind of going to help the adjustment energy that you got asked to make with the Sun and Venus around what it was of value to you where you were going. Mercury now talks to you. Well, you know, there's a, there might be a little problem with that. Oh, man. Well, we'll figure it out by the end of March, because that's when Mars goes out of his shadow. Uh, Venus in Scorpio goes from 0 to 10. She, of course, enters Scorpio bright and early today, the 23rd. And she does not have a whole lot of aspects this week. She does have a trine, which is good, because all the other stuff has aspects. She does trine Juno, the planet of partnership, on the 29th. So you might get a partnership offer that day. Uh, as we mentioned, Mars stations go retrograde on the 30th. Jupiter enters Pisces on the 28th. Again, you know, they're just boom, boom. And Saturn stations to go direct uh, today. And Pluto has uh, is part of that hammer of Thor with Ceres and Eris. And Juno stations to go direct today. So it's kind of a busy uh, week. Lunar, our lunar family... Um, change our calendar back. All right. So this week the moon is, today the moon's in Libra, and it goes void uh, Thursday, uh, mo Monday the 24th at 8.36, and it goes void with a square to Pluto. So intense energies as the sun and Venus enter it and Saturn stations direct. That's today the 23rd. Moon is void Monday night, and it goes into Scorpio at 3.18 a.m. on Tuesday morning. And then 6.49 in the morning we have the new moon eclipse, the solar eclipse at 2. And the moon is in Scorpio Tuesday, Wednesday, going void at 12.27 a.m. on the 27th. And it goes void with the sextile to Pluto. After it's void for the evening hours from 12.27 to 6.55 a.m. And it goes into Sagittarius. And it's in Sagittarius Thursday, Friday, Saturday, going void at 9.10 a.m. Saturday the 29th, the moon is void basically most of the day. It's void from 9.10... Nope, I got that wrong, sorry. The moon is not void most of the day. I was looking at Mercury going into Scorpio. Uh, the 29th, the moon goes void at 9.10. It goes into Capricorn 9.21 a.m. 
and it's in Capricorn, the 29th, the 30th, and it goes void the 31st at 11.14 a.m., and it goes void with a sextile, Moon in Capricorn, sextile Jupiter in Pisces. So that means, aside from Sunday and Monday's Moon, which are hard closing aspects, the rest of the week has really nice closing aspects with, Ju with Moon in Scorpio, Moon in Sag, both really having really good productive closing aspects for getting stuff done. If you are doing a ritual uh, on this new moon, which I do encourage, those Scorpio moons, the eclipses, the eclipse moons are really big deals. Um, they kind of really activate stuff. Uh, the, all week is good. All week is good for them. Um, and then, of course, if you're trying to release stuff, you know, you can do you can do a ritual before the new moon. Uh, it was, that's a real releaser, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, the intense days this week are the Monday, the 24th. Uh, we have a very intense day on the eclipse day, of course, because eclipses are big deals. We have an intense day on Wednesday, the 26th. Uh, Thursday, uh, we have a realization in the morning, and then the rest of the day is easy. Friday's easy. Saturday's intense, but not bad intense. Intense like working intense, like getting stuff done, like, okay, now we have to pick ourselves up and go forward. And Sunday the 30th is okay. Now, with Mars retrograde stationing in the middle here, think about it. We had Pluto stationing, Saturn stationing, those guys going direct. Mars stationing going backwards. So they're both ready to go forward, but Mars is like, well guys, as we're going forward, we have these things we have to fix. And they're all going to go, especially Saturn, he's going to go, I know. I know we have to fix that. So it's a helpful energy if you just kind of think of they're going forward, but they're understanding while they're working on the new stuff, they have to revise some of the old stuff. And if you think of it that way, it makes it easier. The revisions are over here, but then the new things are over here. And so kind of uh, look for Saturn and Pluto to be doing new things, the Capricorn and the Aquarius houses, while the Mars house is, you know, undergoing renovation and change. All right. I love this quote. Christ was a socialist. Uh, Jesus Christ taught, for I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you gave me no clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And they will reply, Lord, when will we ever see you when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help? And he will answer, I assure you, when you refuse to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. Matthew twenty five. I was raised a Catholic. Um, and so this quote has always spoke to me. And there was a song, whatever you've done to my least of my brothers, that you've done to me. So, got to vote, people. Socialism is not bad. Uh, get involved, push back, speak up, volunteer, donate, and vote. Now, obviously, you can't register anymore, but you can check and see if you're registered to vote. And we also can work with the energy of uh, moving forward. Right Now, this one's a little insulting, and I'm going to say it just because I'm an Aquarius rising, and, you know, the, the heavens are encouraging me to be a little mean in a nice way. The Greek adjective idios means, means one's own or private. The derivative noun idiote means private person. A Greek idiote was a person who was not in the public eye, who held no common office. 
From this came the sense common man and later ignorant person, a natural extension for the common people of ancient Greece who were not in general particularly learned. Now back when I was teaching uh, here in the city, I taught at a, like, a, um, like a community college, taught computers, and then they had me teaching management and math and different things. And I would always, in every class, pull up at some point uh, the, the, the demographics on the rate of poverty versus voting. And generally, people that make a lot of money vote, and people that don't make a lot of money don't vote. And usually the New York Times runs an article sometimes now in the next few weeks. And I remember I had this little Taurus in my class. She was very cute. She's like, you mean, like, if I vote, I make more money? I said, mm-hmm. That's essentially, the, there's a correlation here. She's like, okay, I'm going to vote. And the students that year organized a voting registration because, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've been doing this voting nagging for years. I did it back in, uh, when was I teaching there? I was teaching there in the, in the early 90s, mid-90s. You know, I had my computer business and I'd stop off at lunch and teach. Um, and uh, they, they did voter registration with all the kids in the school. It was very cool. That was their marketing project. Um, marketing voting, right, and showing people, like, look at this graph. Like, if you if you vote, you make more money. So, um, so I'm just saying that. And then also, so our word idiot comes from the Greek name for the man who took no share in public matters. Please vote. Please vote. Register to vote at headcount.org. You're all past the registration. But get your friends to vote. It is not, it is not a good thing. Remember, you are an idiot if you don't vote because the energy of voting is saying I care, I matter, it matters, what you're doing about me matters because you're in charge of me because you're in charge of the government. You're not in charge of me but you're giving me programs or helping me. And Joe Biden's taking his gloves off. I mean he was calling out uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene for getting you know $900,000 forgiven. Some guy got eight million and he's all annoyed about Remember, the, the loan forgiveness program, $10,000, it's for people earning very little money, you know, under what $80,000 or $100,000. And those student loans are really bad. My brother is still paying off his student loan. And I'm, he's 65, right? And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a debt on people that is unnecessary, considering we pay $8,000 to move turtles in Florida. A turtle... A digger turtle in Florida gets rehomed for $8,000 if the farmer takes them. So we can pay a farmer to take a turtle for $8,000. I'm not saying that, you know, not judging that, I'm just saying $8,000. But we can't forget $10,000 in student loans. We can save a turtle, but we can't help our people. Remember, Christ was a socialist. Register to vote. Okay, the cruise. We think we, figure, we think we figured out why the thing when you're signing up for it keeps bumping. Rose said she figured it out the other day. So you can sign up on the website. I'm not quite sure why it's been bumping, but also sign up with uh, Hildy. We're going to have the early dinner. We're going to party. We're going to sing. We're going to dance. We're going to learn astrology. We're going to learn Reiki. We're going to learn crystal healing techniques. We're going to have a really good time. So this is the Odyssey of the Seas. The cruise is January 22nd to 28th. Um, I'll be doing a few readings on the cruise, so if you want to have a reading while we're at sea, I, I booked a room with a balcony so we can sit on the balcony and have a reading. I mean, it may not be appropriate to have a reading on a balcony because the papers may fly off, but consider coming. Uh, a couple of stars. People seem to like it. 
sign up at patreon.com uh, for me it's $17 a month and I give you an audit 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 auditory podcast little eight minute for each day of the week and then you get a list of what we put out on Twitter so if you get twi- our Twitter feeds it's the list ahead of time because we do the list and then we post them and they send out on Twitter timed um, but yeah so think of uh, signing up it's fun people seem to like it I have fun doing it um, it varies every day I've lately decided I'm going to expand it a little I've been including music clips and poetry and all sorts of things um, so yeah forward and then uh, if you want you can purchase this if you miss the eye astrologer the tapes are for sale we just did this podcast last week uh, all of us did it and it's a repeat of the lectures we did in Tucson and then of course the Pluto return for the United States is out there and as I mentioned the Jupiter Neptune conjunction is out there now this is being reactivated now that Jupiter's into Pisces this week so there's a forward motion with that energy so on that note I wish you a lovely um, week ahead and uh, forward motion and have fun it's a pretty exciting week very intense so remember to breathe remember everybody else is having this very intense week too Uh, and so be kind be kind to yourself be kind to others watch for the realizations eclipses often give us the sense of I have to do something I have to do something And really, not so much. This is something that's been there for a while. It's just being discovered now. And also the story from April and May that opened then closes now. So whatever was happening in your life, April 30th through May 15th, now it shuts down and it shifts into a new mode of being. So kind of think about that too, because that's the story. And then also think what was going on 19 years ago, 2003 in November. And then also think about what was going on in 1984, because that's when the nodes were at the same place, forming the same aspect. So that's it. Welcome and goodbye from the weekly weather. Have a good week. Remember, the eclipses are here, and it's a little intense out there. Everybody's feeling it. So, um, you know, it's, it's a transit, though. It does go by. So remember that. And check on your people that are having a hard time, because this, this can be an eclipse with a bit of despair in it, because it's on the south node of loss, leaving, and departures. Take care. Bye-bye.